John chapter 12, part 2 of verses 44 and 45. He who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me sees him who sent me. Both verses, 44 and 45, I think are talking about the same thing, basically. And that would be the object of saving faith is ultimately God, who is just Father, Son, incarnate, and Holy Spirit. He who believes in me, believes not in me, full stop, as a man only, as, or as a prophet, in the shoes of former prophets, just like Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah or Isaiah or Elijah or Elisha. But he who does, who believes in me, believes not in me according to my manhood alone, but you also believe in me and in him who sent me, that is my Father, and therefore since my Father knows me and I know my Father, there are two divine persons he's talking about there, the one sent and the sender. And he who sees me, perceives, understands, knows my true identity as God-man, incarnate, suffering, in, and then glorified Redeemer of God's elect, eternal Son of the Eternal Father, the begotten Son of the Father, though sent... By the way, was his divine nature relocated to a place it was not before at the incarnation? We can't, you know, you want to, at first read, you go, well, it says, I have come down from heaven. I was sent from heaven. Can, can an omnipresent, a ubiquitous divinity be relocated from and to, from one place to another place? The young female theologians are going, no, right? Good. That can't be what the sentness language means. That has to mean something like that the Son of God assumed uh, something he had not before, a human nature, but he didn't come to a new place according to his divine nature, for he was already there because he's God omnipresent. I know it sounds weird because it is weird. It is would be strange indeed if God were not strange to us. He who sees me with the eye of the intellect, with the mind, understands rationally, according to his reason, the information given to him from Scripture about my true identity, not only sees me, but also sees the Father, because the Father and the Son are so so interpenetrate each other that you can't divide them. You can distinguish them. I and the Father, too, are one. can't divide them, but you can distinguish them. You sees me, sees him who sent me. So, after doing the exposition of those two verses, we had some contemplations really quickly. The first one was, we see here the importance of a robust use of other texts in John and elsewhere to help explain the meaning of John 12, 44, and 45. I already went through that, so I'll just state it. 
Secondly, we see here the mystery of the Trinity revealed through the words of our Lord, and that second contemplation um, drove us to sing a Trinitarian hymn after I cited a portion of what men call the Nicene Creed. And I concluded that this revelation of the Trinity should fuel our praises. And then the third contemplation is this. We see here that true faith, true saving belief in Jesus, must see him as God and man, as the word who became flesh, as the natural and eternal son of the eternal father. This is why we confess these words. Listen to this. This is Second London Confession, chapter 8, paragraph 2. The Son of God, the second person in the Holy Trinity, being very and eternal God, the brightness of the Father's glory, of one substance and equal with him who made the world, who upholdeth and governeth all things he hath, he hath made, did, the Son of God, did, when the fullness of time was come, take upon him man's nature, with all the essential properties and common infirmities thereof, yet without sin, being conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary, the Holy Spirit coming down upon her, and the power of the Most High overshadowing her, and so was made of a woman of the tribe of Judah, of the seed of Abraham and David, according to the Scriptures, so that two whole, perfect, and distinct natures were inseparably joined together in one person without conversion, composition, or confusion. Which person is very God and very man? End of quote. Did you hear the Chalcedonian statement, which I've read before, uh, did you hear the Nicene Creed that I cited earlier today in that language? And did you hear echoes of scriptural language as well in our confession of faith? Ultimately, the confession of faith is grounded upon the scriptures, but it's using the language of Nicaea in 381. 381? And um, the language of Chalcedon, 451. It's using classical Christian Trinitarian and Christological language, ultimately grounded in the text of Holy Scripture. It's using that language to articulate and to announce to the world, basically, this is what a Christian doctrine of the Incarnation means. And I think if you saw it, you can't unsee it. If you've seen the doctrine of the Trinity at least faintly represented or revealed in the words of John 12, 44, and 45. That's what I tried to do this morning. I tried to back up and say, okay, theologically, there's a lot going on here. We need other texts to help us. We got eternal son, eternal father. This is what he's saying. If you know the son as son of God, you know him as eternal son 
of the eternal father who became man for us and for our salvation. Once you see that in texts like this in John 12, you'll never unsee it. Matter of fact, you'll start reading Trinitarianly, if that's a word, more and more and more. I remember recalling to Brother Ted, we were talking about this earlier, and I said, you know, what rejoices my heart is we have several women, that, including my wife, that have come up to me after sermons and said, okay, you're saying this, right? Yes. If that, therefore that, right? And I said, yeah. What about if that, therefore that, and if that, therefore that? And I'd say, hmm, yeah, I think that might be the case. And one time, it had to do with triadic prepositional phrases. What in the world is that? I don't even know what a preposition is. Well, I do, but yeah, prep, prep, preposition is a special group of words that links a noun, noun, noun with a pro, 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 or whatever, but, or a pronoun with a verb. So a preposition by, according to, through, in, a phrase is a preposition, preposition plus, plus a noun. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be the glory forever. Okay, that's one triadic prepositional uh, verse there. Of him, through him, and to him. Of, through, to. From the Father, through the Son, in the Spirit, or something like that. You know, classically, Christians have spoke that way because you have not only a triad of names in the New Testament and the Old of God that identify distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but sometimes you have these actions of God through him, uh, of him, through him, to him are all things. That is, all things that are created. They come from God, they're maintained by his providence, and they're moving back to God somehow, some way. Could that be Trinitarian? The end of Romans eleven thirty six. Obviously, you know my view, I think it is, but nonetheless, if you see it in the verse, verses that we looked at, if you see hints at what we call the doctrine of the Trinity, I think you have to agree that we see then in those verses that we looked at that true faith, true saving belief in Jesus must see him as God and man, as the word who became flesh, as the natural and eternal son of the eternal father. And without that person as the object of your faith, there is no salvation. And so the doctrine of the incarnation, a real incarnation of God, and the doctrine of the Trinity are core doctrines of the Christian faith without which you don't have Christianity. By the way, we sing these truths. Listen to hymn number 129. Fairest Lord Jesus, watch this, ruler of all nature, that is all that has been made, Son of God and Son of Man. I love that line. Thee will I cherish. Thee will I honor. Mere man, mere prophet? No, something unique about him. Thou my soul's glory, joy, and crown. Fair are the meadows. Fair are the woodlands. Robed in the blooming garb of spring. Jesus is fairer. Jesus is purer, who makes the woeful heart 
to sing, fair as the sunshine, fair as the moonlight, and all the twinkling starry host, Jesus shines brighter, Jesus shines purer than all the angels heaven can boast. Beautiful Savior, Lord of the nations, Son of God, and Son of Man, glory and honor, praise, adoration, now and forever be thine. Amen. So we sing that quite often, don't we? We're singing those, that rich hymn that's reflective of he who sees me has seen the one who sent me. He who believes in me doesn't just believe in me full stop, but he believes in me in the context of relate, in my relation to the one who sent me, the Father who sent me. He who believes in me truly, really, under the salvation of their soul, might not be able to articulate incarnation and trinity, but once they're explained it, they go, wow, this is better than I thought. This is amazing. This is, I can't get my, I believe it because I see it, but I, and it's from God, but I can't get my head around it. And, you know, where reason wanes, their faith may swim. Uh, Thomas Watson, I said, uh, I think said that many years ago. We sing these wonderful truths, and they come from the very close theological exegesis of texts like John chapter 12, 44 and 45. The rambling is finished. I'll pray. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that we can study it. I can expound it. I can um, muse upon it, meditate upon it with the brothers and sisters, thinking theologically through uh, some of the uh, entailments of the truths of your word. We, we bless you. We, th- we thank you very much for a, such rich hymnody that we have in the the tradition of uh, Christian hymns, and we have them embodied in, in our hymnal. Certainly that tradition is reflected in other hymnals as well. We just happen to have the one that we have, and we're grateful for it, and how the songs support your truth, point to Christ, and, and uh, stir up our affections as well, as that we might uh, properly praise you. Now we're going to contemplate the supper together, take it together, and ask your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen.